0: We all have uh, gifts, obviously, and uh, we talked about that before, and we appreciate all those things, and I know one thing I forgot to, to mention uh, to Michelle and Jeremy, we appreciate uh, in that as well, uh, coming up here and pitching in and that uh, for the, the music and that today, and uh, again, all of you, that you, things that you do in that throughout, and at this time, I mean, this is a continual portion of our worship in that, uh, and we have sometimes a gift of financial type of gifts, and because as we know that uh, we can't out-give the Lord, but uh, we do need to, to think of this as an extended type of worship in terms of how you uh, present your financial gifts and that to the Lord. Uh, let us pray. Dear Lord, uh, again, uh, we thank you so much uh, for this uh, time period today, together today where we can kind of pull together and do things uh, as a church congregation. Sometimes... Uh, We can turn these times into periods of great gratification and that uh, to you as well because uh, we bring unity and togetherness within the church. We thank you for this opportunity to be able to give back to you and let it uh, do so according to individual hearts. Again, we thank you for your son Jesus. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
1: I was waiting for the music to stop and then I realized there wasn't any so therefore I, (laughs) I might as well come up and and uh, say what I have to say. Um, Gil, when, when we were communicating with one another, trying to figure out what we're going to do for the service, wanted me to mention something about prayer. Um, one of the things I do want to ask you to be praying for is that as I had made the announcement that I'm on the uh, minister search team, and I had asked people to raise their hand or to volunteer to be on that group. And I do have a group now together that we are going to be uh, uh, beginning our search for a new minister. And I would like to recognize them because I think the most important thing that you can be doing as a congregation is to be praying for them praying for us. So if you would want to just stand, so in case people don't know them all, so, um, I want to take them alphabetically so I don't show any bias, even though my daughter's the first one. <laughs> Deb Burnett. Stacy Daly. I believe I saw her here. Yeah, back in the back. Michelle Gutschall. Uh, Ed Morris, I didn't see them get in, but Ed Morris has volunteered. Andy Overding. And everybody I think knows Rod Roberts. I don't believe he's here either. And then myself. We have a team of seven that we are going to be. Uh, you can be seated out there now, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we're going to be diligently searching for a new minister and so we covet your prayers we really do because we know there's several different opinions out there several different uh, ideas and so we want to have guidance from above and so that's what we really covet is your prayers Um, I was supposed to come up with a favorite bible verse I don't have any not on a prayer I have a lot of them, and I'm not going to. I could go through them all and extend the time out, but I'm not going to do that. But I just want you to remember how important prayer is. I'm getting up. All right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's singing acapella here now. Okay. <laughs> I guess this is called an ad lib, and that's what it is. Yes. But um, no, seriously, though, on the on the prayer part, of course. Um, the importance of prayer. Jesus knew the importance of prayer. Every time you read, if he had something going on, where did he go? He went off to pray. He separated himself from the crowd. He separated himself from, the, from his own disciples so he could pray without interruption. And that's where uh, people that have a prayer closet, you can go in there and pray in that because you won't be getting interrupted, just remember to leave your phone outside, but um, that's one of the things that Jesus expressed the importance of prayer. The disciples knew the importance of prayer because they asked Jesus, how should we pray? And he said, pray this way, our Father who art in heaven. I believe everybody knows the Lord's prayer, but that is an example of how we should be praying. Don't lift us up first as a team, praise God for what he's doing, then think about us then. But be praying for us constantly. Um, Paul, he was always praying. About every time you read some of his things, he's talking to the Galatians. I'm praying for you daily on, you know, the the Philippians, Colossians, and, and all that. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. God eats popcorn. We got them all in. Um, but every time you uh, see in his letter one of his things, he says, I am always praying for you guys. And so that's what, that's what we're looking for is prayer. We have to be praying for one another in this church so that when a conclusion is reached, and I'm not even going to give a time frame, but when a conclusion is reached that we can all be in one accord. And I'm going to stress that on my, uh, and I don't want to say my team, on our team, on the team that is looking, that we are all in one accord before we bring anybody to you. Because just the importance of it is that I want to be praying that the people that I have working with me and everybody else that is praying is that we can be in one accord so that when the time comes, we make a presentation then that will be what God wants us to have. So um, there is a, f- not one of my favorite Bible verses is, is that especially when you look on a day like this, where in Hebrews ten twenty five it says, let us not give up gathering together as is the habit of sun, but let us encourage one another. And all the more, as you see the day approaching, the day they're talking about, though, is the end times. But I'd like just for everybody to be out there praying. Because if I know, and the rest of the team knows, that you're praying for us, then we have a one-up start already. And I can't stretch it out any longer. (laughs) But I just wanted to let you know that that's what I feel about prayer.
2: Thank you, Art. Great message. Great message on prayer. And Jerry, you uh, you did a great job on, uh, that communion med. The, um, when we're looking at, um, you know, going to plan B, if you will, um, and we talked about this prior to today, so it wasn't like we whipped this together at the last second. We did it yesterday. <laughs> uh, but uh, I have a couple of verses that kind of kind of stick uh, with me. Bear with me one second here. I'm going to just kind of highlight on on um, in e- e- Ecclesiastes. It talks there's a time for everything, and I think you're familiar with that. I won't go through each and every one. But there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the he- heavens. And it mentions several things. A time to plan, a time to root, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance. There's a time for everything. There's always time for prayer. I think one of the most powerful things that we have at our disposal at all times, if done with the You know the right attitude, the right heart is prayer. Moses understood that. Um, In fact, I'm going to get into one of my two favorite verses, which is in Exodus chapter 14, uh, you know, verses 13 through through 16. You know, Moses, Moses confronted the pharaoh, said, "Let my people go." Uh, Who was Moses to confront the pharaoh? but Moses with God overpowered the pharaoh and through a series of many plagues brought on by the pharaoh himself the pharaoh admitted defeat and he let it, he let the he let the Israelites go they were free from bondage after 400 years they're out in the desert they've left egypt they're out in the desert Pharaoh's heart is hardened, and he sends out his Egyptian army to kill the Israelites. And they see him coming. This is not my favorite verse, but prior to that, uh, the Israelites say they were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? Why have you done this to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Their faith has been waned. They were confronted with a challenge and they started to buckle. Moses was a man of great faith. Moses answered the people Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. You will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. What kind of faith is that? and that is phenomenal certainly Moses seen firsthand many miracles and we've heard about them many times the next verse i find very interesting again Moses said the lord will fight for you you need only to be still the next verse, it says, "Then the Lord says to Mo- the Lord said to Moses, "Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. God is telling Moses to act. Did God need Moses to raise his staff to, spread the, to sep- separate the sea?" Certainly not. but He asked. Moses to act at that time. Now I'm not a Bible scholar here so I'm not going to try to pretend that I have all the answers of what is here but how awesome is it that there is a total faith from Moses that he says the Lord will fight for you you only need to be still. And there's a union that God has with us that says move on. There's a time to pray and there's a time to act. I think there's always a time to pray. And when it's time for us to act, that's probably different for each one of us. But this is one of my favorite Bible verses, and um, it um, just makes me think deeply about this. That's really all I have. Um, Virgil, I'll let you clean up my mess.
3: Again, um... Thanks, everyone, for being able to come out um, on this day. Uh, It's a day that God has made, and it's a day that we can gather to worship him. You know, if, uh, if we were in plan B, C, or D, I'm trying to figure out exactly what I am in this position, so maybe G, or F, or something like that, so... We'll give it a whirl today and uh, see where God uh, has in store for us. I wanted to read, um, again, there's some contrasting uh, scripture here, but I'm going to read from Matthew 22, 37 through 40, which are the ones that, um, that have struck me in many ways, and, and I know that you've heard these uh, many times before. And then we'll elaborate on those in on some, some other ways uh, as I go through uh, some of the discussion this morning. Jesus had, had uh, silenced the Sadducees, but the Pharisees stepped up. And one of them was an expert in the law, and he tested uh, with a question. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. The small group that uh, I participate in has been studying Galatians, which is a letter to the Galatians from Paul. Paul, as you know, had... Had his moment with Christ, and it set him on a path of preaching to the Gentiles. Galatia is an area um, north of Israel uh, in Turkey, uh, to present day t- Turkey, and it's an area at that time that was blended. It had Roman citizens, it had uh, Celt- uh, Celtic. People who had uh, migrated from the West, it had Jewish people who lived there as well. Paul had gone to that area and had set up several churches. And in doing so, he preached the good news of Christ. He preached that your relationship with Christ was your way to God, your faith. And what Paul typically did is when he went throughout the regions and he was setting up and establishing churches and putting into churches leadership that would continue to preach the gospel. He many times had good relationships there that he wanted to come back and either see or he would write letters to and he would ask how's things going or there would be couriers back and forth and there would be communication. Yes, there would be time lags because of the day but communication there was. And what he found, in many cases, he had been gone for sometimes just a few months, and sometimes it might have been a year or two, but he was finding that there was a drifting in the gospel, in the very basic idea that Christ and Christ alone was the only way to be unified with God. There was a drifting now, I'm going to suppose that in a day like today, we would have that figured out, wouldn't we? But do we? Is there drifting in the principles of our faith with Christ that happens today? Absolutely. We see it all the time. And, and in many cases, we see it with those who come in the name of Christ to preach the word... And they make variations to the word. And I want to come back to that in just a, a minute or two. But I want to set forth something that John said in another passage. And then I'll, I'll, I'll move back into this. But John, you guys all remember in Genesis 1-1 where God created heavens and the earth. And when he got to the point where he had created man, and he looked at all he had created, it was good. John, in the opening uh, epistle of John, chapter 1, says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things are made Without him, nothing was made that had been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, but the darkness doesn't understand it. We were given Scripture. God breathed, God inspired scripture to lead us but our example is Christ and he has to jump off these pages into our lives to follow him is to give up everything that you have known that doesn't mean that you're giving up everything that you like necessarily oh wait a minute Am I trying to preach some sort of prosperity gospel? No. God has a plan for each of us, and it's a good plan. What we have to struggle with in life is to give up our own place as head of the class to recognize Him as our Lord and Savior. That His plan for us is sufficient. Sometimes that's going to be a test. We have tests in life. Sometimes it's going to be something so worthy of praise that we can't even, can't even comprehend it. How could God have blessed me in such a way? And in some other ways, he uses our lives as examples to others because the light of Christ exists in us. And if that happens then our plan is being borne out through his Holy Spirit in our lives and Christ as our example. Now, back to Galatians. Paul was, uh, in writing the, 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 the first part of Galatians, it was one of the first books that he actually had written. And in doing that, he wasn't real... And and again, Paul was an educated man, but he wasn't real eloquent in terms of he was very direct in his first uh, readings to the Galatians. And he basically says, why have you got off track here? The very gospel that has been preached to you, you are not living up to. And it was because of when left to their own devices, men made up their own God. And what was the God of the day? The law. Now again, remember, Jesus didn't come here to replace the law. He came here to fulfill it. But in that day, the law, especially with the, tradi- uh, the, the traditions and the law of the Jewish, um, uh, the Jewish people, was very influential in the area. And they had come, much like political debates that we hear today on TV, they had gotten onto one particular thing and said, you have to do this to become a Christian. Or you, have to become, or you have to do that. Or you have to jump through these number of hurdles to be able to come to church. This is what Jesus abhorred when he rebuked the Pharisees and the Sadducees for keeping people from God through the law. The law, in some ways, could be looked at as works, okay? We often hear about how can we get to heaven? How can we have a relationship with God? Can you earn it? Paul, many of his letters that he, he wrote, but in Galatians we use this, it's his first one, is fighting this struggle within the early church. The law on one hand, steeped in tradition, 613 strong, and a simple faith in Jesus Christ. Why is it we can't believe that sometimes? Can it be so simple? Can it be that easy? that just faith alone saves. Scripture tells us that. Jesus lived that so that we can believe it. In Galatians chapter 3 verse 6, consider Abraham. Now think about this, this is back in Genesis. Genesis 12. Abraham he believed God And it was credited to him as righteousness. Righteousness. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. That's you and me. Unless you've done your DNA test and you're a certain percentage that you want to claim Jewish nation. But that's you and me. And announce that the gospel, announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. The gospel is the good news of Christ, that faith is your way to your relationship with God. Abraham believed in God. All the nations, he says, he goes on, he says, all the nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, a man of faith. Who are we today as a people? In your daily walk, do we lose sight of the things that are real? Do we put things ahead Of what God would ask us to do. I in my own walk struggle with this daily. Paul in his own writings struggled with that daily. I want what I want. And I'll think about God after a while. Is it an excuse? It's not a good one putting something ahead of God, putting something ahead of his plan, putting something ahead of his son, you're on the law. And how many laws do you have to keep to be able to earn eternal life? You can't. It's impossible. When Christ came and gave up his life, his life as a sacrifice, it's a little bit of a, you know, a forethought that came into that was when Abraham's faith in God and God asked him to sacrifice his son and he was willing to do that. He got to the very point of sacrificing Isaac when an angel sent by God showed him a different way. That was Abraham's test. What is your test? What is my test? And our tests are live out daily to con- continue to seek our faith and our deepening faith in Christ. I only point out the parts in Galatians because it became such a struggle. And if you look at many of the other Bible or other passages that... that um, that Paul wrote, it was a continuing struggle wherever he went. Sometimes it was a political struggle. Sometimes it was a religious struggle. Sometimes it was just a pagan struggle. But the struggle to replace Christ or to keep Christ from his rightful place was ever-present in every turn that he went. He goes on in, in Galatians and says, All who reply on observing the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of law. That's the book of Moses. Mosaic law. How can we not do that? The way you keep God's laws was simply stated earlier when I talked what Jesus had said. Love God with all your heart. Love others as yourself. And don't forget that. And later when he talked to his disciples, he says, love others as I have loved you. And he gave everything. Clearly no one is justified before God by the law because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. It's the contrary. It was a guide that was given through the Old Testament. But it was never meant to be the ultimate sacrifice that was necessary. That was only Through Jesus. The law is not based on faith. uh, On the contrary. The man who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He took our sins. It was all accounted on him forever. He's taken that off our shoulders so that we can find him more easily through faith in him. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. You and I are given the opportunity. And if you've never heard of this, well, we can talk. It is as simple as having a relationship with the all-powerful Father through the all-powerful Son powered by the all-powered Spirit. Today, as, um, as I kind of wind this up, I, um, I know I rambled a little bit, but these are just things that were on my mind because of the, the struggles that Paul went through to kind of get across a simple... A simple concept that was foreign in that day, but we see this today, that you can talk to somebody on the street about Jesus Christ, and it's foreign to them. The concepts, which are simple, are foreign. How can it be that easy? I have to be able to do something. No. It's by grace alone that God gave you this opportunity. It was his plan before the creation of everything that man would be with him because when he saw this, all his creation, it was good. God never leaves us. But he will give you your way. Is that way to observe law and works and things to try to earn what you think you deserve and what you own? I think at the end of the day, we find out that's pretty futile in so many ways. And in our despair, we tend to come back and seek his will. I'm so glad that there are so many more learned people than me out there that can, that can draw the things from the Scripture and speak to the hearts of so many. But they also know that none of that is of their own making and of their own doing. The Spirit has enabled them to speak truth about the master of the universe about the creator and about his plan that involves sacrificing his one and only son and it's because he loved you and I so much think about those that you love so much And what you'd be willing to give up. Today, uh, I'm going to close in in prayer. Uh, Gil, I don't know if we had anything else beyond this. Okay, maybe a song. Um, I just want to leave you with, again, seek God with all your heart. Love God with all your heart. And your best example, here and today, in this physical form, is to love others as he's loved you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunities today that you've given us. Thank you for those that have stepped into the gaps. Lord, it... It's so reassuring that the faith that draws us to you can be, can be played out in so many ways and, so, and through so many talents. Lord, thank you again for those that have come to hear today and, and to worship you. Lord, we give you thanks in all things, and we give you thanks in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.